Hello, and welcome to season two of the podcast, Human Design with Livy. Each week, I sit down with incredible guests who candidly share about their journeys of growing their personal brands online. We dive into their own brand story, their expertise, and their human design. I've honestly learned so much from each guest, and I can't wait for everyone to enjoy this series too. Here's a snippet of what's to come. Success has nothing to do with how much money you're bringing in, and it has everything to do with the quality and depth of connections that you're making. And that actually, when you start to measure success by that parameter, every single day gets to be successful. And then naturally, the money and the profit and the impact will come in. And I think one of the best ways to make your offer irresistible is to speak to enough people that have the same problem, that you learn from hearing the same complaints and desires. Okay, that's what I have to create. A very, very important part of my brand is actually ease, which felt and feels still like a real challenge because it's having to undo this kind of impulse to keep on doing, not not working like an animal, but just actually really taking the time to be where I'm at. You can be expanded by somebody and not have to copy paste. There are strategies and structures, but like it, really has to come from within and it's so unique when it does today we're joined by 6-2 reflector Lorna Devine Lorna is a psychologist and high functioning anxiety specialist for leaders and entrepreneurs she helps people with the kind of anxiety that no one really notices on the outside they seem to have it all together they appear calm confident and collected but in reality on the inside, they're struggling with anxiety, stress, and self-doubt. Highlights of the episode include the signs and physical manifestations of high-functioning anxiety, how curiosity and self-discovery led Lorna to uncover that she was a highly sensitive person, ways to find freedom from high-functioning anxiety, the root causes and core beliefs of high-functioning anxiety, some top tips to support leaders and entrepreneurs who suffer from high-functioning anxiety, And we chat about the fact that she is a reflector and the process of decision-making as a reflector and how Lorna makes decisions in her personal life and business. I love chatting with Lorna. She's a dear friend of mine. I've worked with her. I worked with her back in 2021 when I discovered that I was also a highly sensitive person. And the work we did together was transformative in managing sensitivity and anxiety that I was suffering with at the time. Um, I she is so calming and grounding to be around. I love chatting with her, and I think you guys will love this episode too. So, welcome, Lorna, to the podcast. I'm so pleased to have you. Do you want to introduce yourself to the listeners? Who you are, what you do, and your human design? Yeah, sure. And thank you for having me on. I'm really excited to chat today. Um, so, I'm Lorna psychologist and a high functioning anxiety specialist for leaders and entrepreneurs so it basically means that I help leaders and entrepreneurs with the kind of anxiety that no one really notices because on the outside you look like you have it all together you appear really calm confident collected but on the outside a lot of people struggle with anxiety stress self-doubt and some other challenges um and my designs I'm a reflector six two yeah amazing amazing to have a reflector on I don't think we've had a reflector on the 
series so far and they're obviously rare um so yeah really excited to chat to you today so do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about your journey um and we can start with three defining moments in building up your personal brand yeah um so this is an interesting one Libby do you know I don't think I've actually shared my actual like journey with high function anxiety before so this is gonna be interesting um so I'd say in terms of my like my journey and my defining moments I'd say for me it probably started when I was working as a qualified therapist. That's when it really started to impact me. Um, because I'd say like growing up, I was always really ambitious, really like driven, wanted to succeed. Um, but I think, yeah, I think I remember myself having like really high standards, a big perfectionist. Um, but I think it was only until I was working as a qualified therapist that it really started to impact me. Because I think then it was beginning to show up like physically in my body. And I think, as I think a lot of people know, like you can only push yourself for so long until it then shows up physically or ends up in burnout. So I think it was when I got to that point that I realized something needed to change. And I needed to start taking care of myself. So I'd say for me, that was probably like one of like a defining moment for me because it made me think I needed to change how I was living. Partly my career in terms of like, I ended up leaving one of my roles in the NHS. And it was then that I actually left one of my roles and then set up my business because I thought, actually if I can set up my business I can then still do what I love like help clients and make an impact in the world but at the same time like be able to look after myself and live more in alignment with my values um and I think also being able to take care of my energy and sensitivity whereas like in the NHS and the organizations I was working for I find it quite tricky because of the nature the way it was set up um like back-to-back clients no breaks no time for like lunch or to really take care of yourself so actually it helped me to think about yeah how I could set up a business that would actually yeah enable me to take care of myself too so I'd say that was like one defining moment I mean there's probably like quite a few within that yeah so what how was it showing up in your body the anxiety that you're experiencing like what sort of symptoms did you have and did you know that it was anxiety? And it maybe sounds like a silly question, but did you know what was sort of going on? I knew I knew it was anxiety just because of my psychology training. Like at this point, I'd done my undergrad in psychology, master's in clinical psychology. So I was very clear that I was feeling anxious. But I don't think I realised that it was high functioning anxiety until I started looking at it. Because for me, it was shot very differently. Like I still had some of the physical symptoms like heart palpitations. I was up, up at night. Um, but I don't think it kind of, it wasn't really, it wasn't so obvious. So no one knew I was anxious. And if I ever said to anyone, oh, I'm feeling a bit anxious, they'd be like, oh, but you don't look anxious. Which I think then can make you feel even worse, right? Because you're like, oh, okay, well, I'm feeling a certain way, but 
I, I don't look this way. Maybe I shouldn't be feeling this way. Um, and I guess I think what then happened is it ended up then manifesting in like different ways, like physically. So my hair was coming out. I often had stomach aches. Um, what else? Yeah, and then I guess then it ended up going into burnout where I pushed myself so hard that I burnt out. And yeah, I'd say exhaustion. Mm. Did you reach out for help or at what point did you, you said you shared that you kind of, yeah, were thinking or had the idea that if you could get out the NHS and start your business, you could, that might solve the problem. But did you think to, or were you sort of seeking help? What was going on? Yeah, so I tried a few different things and it's partly what inspired the creation of my method to help people find freedom from high function anxiety. Um, I did try therapy, but personally, I just didn't find it helpful, which I think is interesting because obviously I'm a qualified therapist. Um, but <laughs> I like I actually didn't find it helpful. Um, and I think a big a big reason why was that it just didn't get to the root of what was going on for me. And I knew, you know, the things that I should be doing. And I did a lot of, you know, the coping strategies, but actually I feel like it was just kind of masking what was going on. It wasn't really helping long term. So I didn't get to the root of what was going on for me. So I did try therapy um what else did I do I got really into spirituality I think it was after a trip to Bali I started to really get in tune of like my spiritual side and that actually really it was a big part of my journey in terms of what helped me and like learning to trust my intuition trust my gut trust myself to make certain decisions um what else I did a spiritual coaching course which again was um really interesting um what else did I do I worked with different business coaches obviously human design which you know I think it really helped me there understand more about like who I was and just it helped connect the dots and it made so much make sense in terms of like my sensitive side but also why maybe I was like picking up on so much when I was like with back-to-back clients and why the impact to be more than other therapists yeah yeah like I think as well not only having high function anxiety but if you are generally I don't know if you'll probably so maybe the two sort of go hand in hand sometimes but um yeah I imagine sort of when you're inherently sensitive and you have high functioning anxiety it's a lot to it's a lot to just be in aura and around people you know all all of the time um without necessarily knowing like how much you're really taking on um because I think yeah reflectors are just sensitive by nature um having said that they do like they sample the energy and they kind of it's meant to be teflon so it's kind of they do that they're able to um you know when in alignment kind of almost like yeah use that information um to reflect back so they, they, they like their aura can be resilient in that way um but I do think that there's there's a you know they've got a lot to decondition from because of all of their openness that can be um a lot so amazing so you kind of it was showing up in in different ways in your body physically um stomach aches hair loss and then um yeah uh, exhaustion so you kind of got to the point where you were like, okay, let's 
maybe get out of the NHS, start the business. What happened from there? What was another defining moment? What happened from there? Um, so I basically, I, I got a plan in place. I went to Bali, you know, the very cliche thing, I went to Bali. <laughs> yeah, eat, pray, love. Yeah, no, exactly. I think actually, do you know what? A defining moment was definitely there because what I realised when I was there as I, I was transitioning out of my roles in the NHS and setting up my business was that I, I think I just got clear on who I was as a person because again like so much of my life whenever anyone asks like oh like what do you do it would always it's always just like what do you do right and I think when I was there like I just realized that I based my whole self-worth on my achievements and like my identity was basically like work psychology achievements and I wasn't really like, I think at that point, because I dedicated so much of my life just to work and achieving, I didn't really know what made me happy anymore. Like, and I think that's it's a question that I ask a lot of clients and they, they also don't know when they're on the start of their journey. So I think it's quite a common thing when you're just like beginning to work on this. So that was a defining moment because it was then that I actually started to like get clear on my true self which human design definitely helped me do um get clear on my values and start living more in alignment with my values like freedom's one of my core values so actually being able to set up my business and travel really really helped me there um I'd say that was a big defining moment because it's when I got back from there that I actually handed in my notice for another one of my roles um so yeah, I guess it was getting clear on that and the life that I wanted to live and getting a plan in place where I could eventually transition out and be full time. Mm. And being somebody who is, you know, sensitive to environment, how had you found, had you noticed kind of at that point, your sensitivity to places and um, how that made you feel? yeah I think do you know what I was I was always aware from I think it, it was even in school like I always knew in school that I was very sensitive to like different places because I remember I used to go shopping with my mum and I'd get home and I would I felt like I'd been like wiped out like I was so exhausted just from like being in a shopping center so I think like even from a young age I was always like wondering like why am I like this and just being around like certain people made me either really energized or really drained. So it was always, I think, quite curious to like as to why I was impacted in certain ways when other people around me didn't seem to be impacted in that way. Um, and then in the NHS, I guess because I was always like questioning why I was a certain way, I definitely did pick up on it more. And I would know like if I walked into so even when you walk into like an exercise class sometimes right I feel like I could pick up on whether like people are in a good mood or people were like feeling a bit tired or anxious so I think I just naturally began to like pick up on other people's moods and how people are feeling and energies um yeah wow so yeah so and in in your language at that time was it were you sort of discovering that you were highly sensitive or how how did it was there a part of you that was sort of exploring that side of you or how did you come because I know you're highly sensitive as well um like how did you come to realize that part of you 
know what I was thinking about this I don't think it was until maybe around the time that I went to Bali the first time and was like rediscovering who I was again um I think it was around then because I was always like given books like about introverts and being quiet when I was in school but it like part of it resonated with me but part of it didn't because I feel like I'm a bit of like an ambivert like I can be really extrovert around the right people the right people but like with people that lift me up but I can be an introvert if I don't really know people like I love downtime but also love to socialize and be around people so I think like part of that like books resonated with me but I was like oh but there's like something else going on and I think it was only until I really started to just get like curious about myself and really like dive deep and go on this like self-discovery journey that I realized I can't remember the exact moment but I must have maybe searched something I think I might have gone through a breakup I think it was something around this time and it was something like why do why do I feel pain so deeply or something like that and I think it was it was I think it was through there that I then came across the term I was like oh my god this makes so much sense (laughs) yeah yeah and then I think as well like learning that you've got the sun in the gate of sensitivity in in your design as well like you know the sun's energy in our chart is like 70 percent of the neutrino stream is kind of coming from from the sun and so it's such a huge part of our design um and yeah and I think yeah then sort of maybe making or seeing or understanding that connection as as well that this is like inherently like who you are um as well must have been a big thing definitely I think it just helps with self-acceptance as well right because I don't know about you but like being sensitive growing up it makes you feel like very different and like you shouldn't be that way and I definitely felt that for like a long time so I think that was like a big part of just accepting who I am and leaning into the strengths of being a sensitive person and then also working on the challenges particularly as I set up my business yeah and and you know being so open I think it's like when you've got an open identity center there are just like different parts of you um you know and different people and spaces will pull out those different parts of you um sometimes I feel like we we try and like we can try and box ourselves into these I don't know different ways of being and then instead of just yeah like you say building up that self-acceptance for who you are and that maybe changing from day to day or week to week or month to month and exploring different parts of you can be really healing yeah no definitely definitely how did you feel when you found out about being highly sensitive Mm. um I felt like a deep sense of relief and yeah just I felt like it, it answered um lots of things about why I felt the way I did in certain situations and um I think it kind of gave me it gave me much like human design does like a bit of a permission slip um to almost just relax into it and own it and not have to try and mask it or um not have to try and um like suppress that side of me because I always think I felt a little bit like just as you were saying like why not um I guess yeah you know yeah why do I why do I feel these things so deeply and why am I so sensitive and um 
understanding you know that there is actually a, a category of person um that can feel things a lot more deeply um it was really enlightening actually um and I think it just gave me a bit more of a language to understand myself and yeah again accept myself um and adds to self-awareness um which is really kind of I feel like everything we're we're working towards anyway um but yeah you really helped me see and accept and um recognize those parts of me um and welcome them in a you know in a way as well um and celebrate them I think I think that that was the thing it's just like for so long I had suppressed and 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 almost like wished that I wasn't so sensitive I definitely remember like saying that to my partner and to my mom you know I just wish I didn't feel things in the way it's almost like you reject you reject it at least I did um because it feels too much to deal with um more than anything else yeah no definitely definitely and I think it's so important isn't it to welcome it and I think like you say when you've got that awareness you can then think about what to do so for example if you're feeling really exhausted or like if I don't know say I go to Oxford Street for the day like I know afterwards I'm not going to spend the evening out like oh just make sure that you have some downtime in the evening so I think just having the awareness can then help you like think about how you can take care of yourself and look after your nervous system yes yeah so true so true yeah you kind of like orient your days and your life um in a way that it it's more manageable to to handle um yeah definitely okay amazing so second point was sort of yeah getting out to bali handing in your notice um what sort of came next talk us through the journey oh what came next you know what I think it was a mixture of just doing different courses and different training so I had already done my psychology training I qualified as a coach like probably five years before I left the NHS in the end so I'd already been working as a qualified therapist and I was doing coaching alongside it but I think it was I think like the defining moment the next one was probably just doing like doing more courses and trainings where I think it I think that is honestly what helped me find freedom from high function anxiety the spirituality human design I did different courses in like energy getting into alignment um doing like business coaching I think everything together just helped me kind of come to a point where I was like actually this is what is really helping me and like I said it wasn't just the therapy because I didn't find it so helpful and I think that's when I created my my method yeah talk us through your method yeah so so my method basically it was created as a result of my all of my experiences and all of the different trainings and courses that I did so it's I basically combine evidence-based therapies like CBT with the life coaching personal performance coaching mindfulness and then I say like a bit of spirituality, like here and there. It's like little bits here and there, depending on who I'm working with. Um, because honestly, like that's what I found is most effective for myself and also my clients. So when I 
work to people through my coaching program and I'm working within my method that's where I've seen the most results that sounds incredible and like I, I can only imagine like the, well I, I've worked with you so I know the gift of like being seen um and supported by you but t- talk to me about typically the kinds of people that you support and what they're experiencing in their day-to-day um and how they then feel on the other side the sorts of things that they can kind of do and support themselves with when when they've worked with you and been through the method so I'd say so leaders and entrepreneurs I say there's some similarities there's some some slight differences so I'd say in terms of the similarities and like the main things that everyone comes to me for they either say I've resonated with your content on high function anxiety this is me and we we work on it or other things other challenges come up and we then think okay this is what we're working with but I'd say most people struggle with managing stress I think the nature of being like an entrepreneur or a leader in like high usually they're CEOs VPs or partners or directors that's when I say leaders I say more it's more in the kind of yeah c-suite role or partner director and then entrepreneurs or startup entrepreneurs or more established um so yeah I'd say managing stress can be tricky um I'd say there's a lots of overthinking over analyzing which can then keep them up at night um and I guess just stop them from being like totally present with their friends and loved ones when they get home um I'd say perfectionism is quite a big thing in terms of like I think it can re- it can it's, it's a tricky one perfectionism I think it can help you a lot in certain ways I think actually it can help you get to a certain point but I think on the other hand a lot of my clients start to realize that it's holding them back so they're like checking emails like 20 times or they're staying up all night because they want to make like a report or a presentation perfect or they're like so scared of failing or making a mistake that they are like holding themselves back from certain opportunities so yeah we often work on that so are those the sorts of things that you know when somebody's suffering with that you would equate them to high functioning anxiety or is there like a, a kind of I know how like with a highly sensitive person there's almost like a test that you can do um how does it work with high, like do you get diagnosed or how does it work no it's a little bit different with high function anxiety and I think that's one of the challenges because it's not recognized as a, like a mental health disorder and I think that can be one of the challenges there's not any like specific guidelines like there are for like panic attacks for example or depression with high function anxiety it's not recognized as, as like a di- diagnosis as such so it's very it's different and I guess it's one of the challenges of actually recognizing it because people are functioning like well they're functioning very well we say functioning but you know they're turning up they're performing pretty well um and the you know they're exercising they're getting out they're still seeing friends that can be a bit tricky but I'd say that yeah the main things are anxiety stress worrying um overthinking overanalyzing or work-life balance like not being able to switch off not being able to relax um and some sometimes people come to me when they're burnt out or they've got adrenal fatigue or chronic fatigue 
and then we we then work on that not everyone but I think sometimes the people have been they haven't sought help for so long or they've been under chronic stress and feeling out for so long that's when it can end up going into other physical health kind of problems Mm, yes and so what is there a difference between what are the differences between just like anxiety and high functioning anxiety so so there are different I guess I don't I don't really use the word disorders in my work but like if we're thinking about anxiety disorders with anxiety disorders they're typically like not functioning so well or they're they're avoiding certain maybe situations you can still do that with high functioning anxiety but typically like they wouldn't be seen as like functioning so well um whereas with high functioning anxiety like you're typically actually functioning really well like people are still very successful you appear really really calm you appear confident most of the time um so the difference is that it's not it's not so obvious visible yeah so the for, to the outsider you wouldn't necessarily know but inside it's really taking kind of wreaking havoc yeah definitely definitely and I'd say like with me like I remember like years later I was speaking to some close friends and they were like I would have had no idea like you look like you like had it all you are always a strong one like always smiling and often people with high functioning anxiety are typically like seen as the strong ones and everyone goes to them because they think you know they've, they've got it all together they're always here to support me but it's often the ones that are like the strong ones are the ones that are always there for everyone else that are like struggling too that makes sense in terms of like you supporting I guess leaders or people who are in that those sort of c-suite or you know high like executive kind of positions because generally you know they have a lot of you know a status within the business or within the company and um you wouldn't necessarily maybe think or I don't know assume that they were people that sort of struggled with anxiety I guess it can it um yeah that I've just sort of made that connection there because I think that's maybe not so obvious whereas anxiety I guess you can have anxiety at, you know, at, 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 at any stage, but I hadn't realised the nuance of high functioning being not actually visible, uh, you know, to the, I don't know, to the sort of the passerby. Yeah, and I guess the word like high functioning, you're you're still functioning typically well, and most people are functioning very well on like on the outside. It looks like they're functioning very well that they are successful they have a you know they're running a really successful business um and I guess what a lot of people they kind of get to the point where although they're really successful a lot of my clients also know that they're not totally performing to their potential they know they could be doing better or they could be fulfilling their potential in a different way um and I think sometimes people do get, get to the point where they've been going for so long that they're then totally burnt out. And then that can be a trigger for seeking help. They're like, OK, what's that? What's going on? I see. Yeah. OK. OK. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I I, um, I wonder if do you notice or, you know, with with all of the clients that you've supported, um, is there what? what tends to be some of the root causes or the kind of um yeah the root causes of of high functioning anxiety are there similar patterns that show up or um yeah similar experiences that people have had 
yeah I'd say it's always it's always a little bit different but a couple of things that I work on with clients the first thing is self-worth I see that I'd say pretty much everyone I work with initially we come to the realization that they're basing their whole self-worth on their achievements and the thing is with this is that it can be tricky because if you're basing like your whole self-worth on achievements say like presentation goes wrong or you know you get a, an email from someone above you or um or you don't sign a client or a deal doesn't go through then your self-worth is like absolutely crushed because you're basing your whole self-worth on achievements and that's like your whole identity so I'd say low self-worth and just yeah basing your whole self-worth on achievements and that kind of links in then with the belief that I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy. I'd say again, that's probably the, like the second thing that I work on with all clients is like getting to the root of what's going on for them. And often they have a core belief that I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy. So they then will like overwork or try and make everything perfect to feel good enough or they're like over deliver. Um, or yeah basically just do all they can to try and prove that they're enough which is exhausting Mm. I guess that's sort of linked to like self-acceptance as as well you know if you're constantly trying to push to be something not that you're not but um yeah I might I guess it was also tied into the self-worth piece definitely definitely and I think that's the thing isn't it once you realize that actually you're enough as you are and you start to be a bit more realistic with your standards, still have high standards, but just more realistic, then you're not kind of chasing these like unrealistic like standards all the time because you're basically then setting yourself up for failure, which then reinforces the belief I'm not good enough when you don't you don't achieve them, right? So I think also just, you know, trying to have more um achievable and realistic standards can be really, really helpful. So when they've kind of gone through the method and they come out the other side, what sort of differences in behaviour do you notice um, for people who have been suffering with high-functioning anxiety? There's so many, like so, so many. I think like on the inside, they feel calmer, like less anxious. I wouldn't say anxiety disappears forever. That's one thing I always say because I think some people say, oh, you can just get rid of it forever. I don't think that's true like I still experience anxiety now to them but it's more just being able to manage it so when you're triggered or it comes up it's knowing like what your triggers are and being able to manage it so yeah calmer less anxious um feel more confident a lot clearer I'd say a lot of people like have greater trust in themselves to make certain decisions rather than like overthinking like being just stuck in this like decision paralysis which I think a lot of people can get into um I'd say a lot happier more fulfilled like more fulfilled and like a greater sense of inner peace are probably like two things pretty much all of my clients experience after working with me um definitely more present as well with their families like something I hear a lot from clients is that their partners or their kids or their friends have noticed that they're like more present when they're having a conversation or they're spending time with them 
because they're not thinking about their to-do list so much or they're not overthinking they're actually able to be like more present and more kind of in the moment mm, that's so lovely isn't it like yeah because you can imagine even when you're distracted by the smallest of things like it's difficult to feel present in conversation but yeah having that added layer of my functioning anxiety is yeah can imagine that really really distracts you um but maybe it's not even as noticeable you know <laughs> like for the person who is on the receiving end of it if, if it feels like you've kind of or looks like you've got it all together I just can't imagine like the exhaustion that must come from that definitely definitely I think that's why so many people as well with high function anxiety suffer from exhaustion which I think it's not surprising like people with high function anxiety are more prone to burnout and I often see that like the adrenal fatigue or chronic fatigue as well because you can only go for so long can't you you can only push for so long like your body like you're human you're not a robot <laughs> like your body's gonna be like okay slow down like you need to rest <laughs> yeah and so working with this type of person how do you and you know knowing that you're a reflector you are like sensitive by nature um and can be impacted you know by well I, I find that reflectors especially like they easily feel other people's fears feelings um which can be quite overwhelming like how do you um as a practitioner ground yourself or I don't want to say distance but you know what I mean like not take on you know try to remain like neutral although you're deeply obviously perceptive how how do you remain neutral and not take on other people's feelings and um yeah sensing where others are at without taking ownership and then just managing to kind of reflect back what you see um in your work yeah do you know what I do I do quite a lot of different things and I think it depends on the day and like how I'm feeling I'd say I'd say like one like one thing is just being aware so like knowing how I'm feeling and what like my baseline energy is day to day really helps me because then if I'm feeling like I picked up on something afterwards or I'm feeling more anxious than usual just knowing that actually that's not mine is helpful because then I can think okay like put something in place or I do lots of energy like management and energy protection so sometimes it's like cutting cords, like a cutting cord meditation. Sometimes it's like a very simple thing, like in the shower, like pretending I'm washing off any kind of things that I picked up on in the day, any energy. Um, a key thing that I like promised myself after leaving the NHS, because I noticed there's so much in the NHS, was to just have breaks between sessions. Like I don't work with a load of clients just because I know that I wouldn't be able to help everyone as much as I can like that like I'm I'm not the kind of person that can be like back to about nine to like 7 p.m at night like so I like I'm very careful of how many people I take on and just make sure I have time like I always exercise most days um because that really helps me like reset my energy and I know that I show up to client sessions with a lot more energy when I do that um so say yeah like self-care awareness energy protection, energy management, grounding, like if I can go to the park, put my feet on the floor, that's always really helpful. I was just gonna say like environment as well, thinking like about reflectors and how sensitive they can be um, to the spaces, you know, not only the people, but really the spaces 
that they find themselves in um like you know if you're in a space that feels toxic then you're going to magnify like maybe the lack of well-being or whatever it is in in that space so um yeah do you notice that with you know how you're how you're feeling and um you almost shining in in spaces that feel good um and having the time as well like solitude to kind of time alone to reconnect with what's yours and what's not yeah definitely I mean time alone is probably actually really key for me as well like I definitely know like if I have a very busy day of client sessions it's rare that I would book in like dinner with friends afterwards because I know like I need that time just to reset and be my own energy afterwards um but yeah no definitely and I think it's also why I'm like I'm very careful with who I spend my time with because I know that like certain spaces or you know certain people might try and take certain things you know so yeah I think I'm very careful like who I let in my life you know outside of work like I'd say I have a very like small and close circle of people that I trust for that reason um and I think yeah I definitely like let go of certain things that aren't in alignment because I think like you say spaces I remember where was it I think we might have spoke about this before actually there was like a certain space in London where I just wasn't really it was very noisy there were ambulances going past every day like my nervous system was like what is going on um I think yeah like London's always a funny one because I do find it's it's harder to regulate your nervous system here you can do it but I feel like I have to be very conscious and like high and make sure I'm constantly like regulating it whereas when I um was in Bali or like in Spain like I feel like it's very different so yeah for sure like spaces and yeah certain environments I'm conscious of yeah because I think yeah being in the right space can come down to not just you know the right city but the right home or the right office or even in restaurants you know like if you go into a restaurant just doesn't feel good the space doesn't feel good then being able to trust that and have like the conviction of um your decision to leave without you know um really thinking too much of it or like you know over analyzing it or worrying and just trusting if it doesn't feel good then it's not meant for you um and just as you were saying like being quite selective about like the people who you hang around with and just because you're invited to do something or to somewhere to go somewhere that doesn't mean that you yeah have to say yes yeah no definitely definitely I think it's interesting as well isn't it like I have my specific places that I'll go to for like a coffee that I don't like places that are like super crowded or really noisy because I think as HSPs we can get a bit overstimulated you know if like there's a like a very very crowded place and it's really noisy and loads of things going on I kind of feel like I come out of there just like wow I need to go and like reset again <laughs> help yeah 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 I feel that um yeah I really feel that so um I think as well you know you mentioned at the beginning being like a 6-2 profile um what I've certainly noticed as a 6-2 um especially kind of post that and return now is that I'm actually so much more discerning about who 
I get off of the roof for you know having you know these three sort of distinct stages of um of our lives from you know zero to 30 or ish and then 30 to 50 and then beyond I've definitely noticed a kind of withdrawal especially on my body side that unconscious second line the hermit wanting to just like my body not wanting to go anywhere or and and actually consciously as well like wanting to be sort of pulled down and, and engaged like I, I do think that happens as a six two that you just become more discerning a little bit more aloof um I've really started to feel that more and um just again it comes back to that sort of self-acceptance that we were talking about of who you are and um not forcing um and knowing when enough is enough you know both of us having open sacral centers of just yeah you know I've done my sessions for the today for today and 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 that's all I've got in me and I'm going to spend the rest of my time alone um resetting I think there's a lot that um there's a lot to say for that um as you start to see and recognize and accept those parts of yourself definitely I totally agree and I think you know what like what I see as well like when I listen to my body and I do that I'm much more productive the next day like I can show up more I've got more energy I'm just more productive than the next day whereas before like say my NHS days I would do like maybe a 12 14 hour day then go home do some more admin try and do a bit of stuff on my business as I was setting it up like that that just didn't really get me anywhere it just caused like health problems so I think actually just being able to like listen to your body and just like being very in tune with yourself is like so key and yeah I think it's just I think it's just nice to get to that place where you think actually I've done enough today and you know that it's more helpful for you to just stop and not compare yourself as well to everyone online because I think that's the other thing right like obviously it's not good for everyone to work 24 7 but I think some people naturally have like a little bit more to give or can like I know some people that like are very happy to go out in the evening every like five days a week whereas I could never do that (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah and you have a lot more compassion I think for yourself when you realize these things about yourself when you're sort of forcing to be a certain way that doesn't actually feel aligned and um I'd love to hear as well so you know I know we've spoken about this a little bit before in terms of decision making and being a reflector um and having to wait that lunar cycle or you know you're designed to take time to feel into your decisions so um I'd love to hear your kind of experience of this um and yeah how how it how you've yeah the examples of when you've waited to things or haven't waited to things and and how they've um how they've turned out yeah that's like that that was like a big revelation for me when I found that out because I was like okay again this makes so much sense like because I always struggle to make decisions like straight away Um, and I guess sometimes in business you need to right like sometimes things come and you just have to make a decision but when you can like and I can lean into it and wait that cycle it really does make such a difference and I think I think what it does for me is because because I'm quite like a feeling person and I I I do trust my intuition a lot now 
but I'm also very analytical because of my psychology background. So I think for me, what I like to do during that time is that use my more like analytical side, do my pros and cons, like look into things, weigh things up. But I also like to just kind of lean into how I'm feeling and like really try and like take space and listen to my intuition about the decision too. Um, and I think I'm trying to think of like an example when I've done that. I think it's been like when I've decided to leave London for a while. You know, like I left London for a little while in December. I'd say actually I probably did that then. Like I didn't think straight away I'm going to go like next week. That was pretty last minute. But I did give myself a bit of time. And it was just like, it doesn't make sense to anyone else why I'm deciding to leave London right now. But like for me, it just felt right intuitively. I wrote a few things up. Um, and that was definitely like a lunar cycle that I waited to make that decision. And it was like the best decision. Yeah. Yeah, I think not being pressured or surrounding yourself with people who pressure you to make a decision or to, you know, to, to do one thing or stay in another place and just trusting how you feel in the environment um, whilst giving your space, you know, yourself space um, and your feelings, you know, or space to feel into what's kind of going on to then find clarity and also I think uh, you know talking things out not to seek advice but to again give yourself space just to articulate your thoughts and having you know close enough people around you to soundboard that decision off of um even when maybe it seems like you know crazy or nonsensical to them um I think that's really important part of it of just having the right people around you um, who make you feel good and listen to you yeah no 100% I think I think that was something as well do you know when we spoke I mean maybe it was last year but I think you made that comment to me like I think I was just bouncing off ideas or talking and it was by me just talking that like I then came to a conclusion yeah yeah I do think that really really helps definitely I think yeah being a reflector and having to wait a, a lunar cycle but also just talking your decisions out with people who um can really hold space for you or listen and you know you'll arrive at your um your truth um and also just being comfortable I think with the fact that even if you've gone through this lunar cycle and you're still feeling unclear that sometimes it might just take more time to get clarity on a decision and in a world where we live, you know, we live in quite a fast paced world now, like you say, sometimes you just have to make quick decisions, fine. Um, but when we don't really live in a world that honours time and waiting and, and patience and um, yeah, just you needing the time that you need to, to uh, make decisions. And so I think it's, yeah, it's hard not to feel rushed sometimes by by society it's so true it's so true and I think that shows up in different areas as well sometimes like I know some people come to me I think partly because of what people know about CBT so cognitive behavioral therapy and they say so I'm like something like I was feeling nervous and anxiety and I just want a really quick fix can I have some coping strategies and I think like and like I totally get why they think that because I think sometimes people think CBT just giving you coping strategies and you know you're going to feel like no anxiety in six to eight weeks um but that's not the case right 
so it helps but I think again it's the whole process of actually like going through the journey of getting to know yourself figuring out what works what doesn't work and getting to the root cause of certain things which again takes time and it's not like a quick fix where we can just you know I don't know feel better in four weeks some people obviously do like say that but like personally for me and my approach like I don't think it's so um sustainable you might feel better like in the short term but then it often like comes up again because you haven't got to the root of what's going on yes yeah yeah it's difficult isn't it in in like today's sort of marketing world you're encouraged to um I guess kind of put time frames on how long it's going to take to uh create a transformation and give people um a promise that they'll feel better you know whether it's like you know lose 12 pounds in 12 days or you know rid your anxiety in a month whatever whatever it might be um when the reality is actually it's a very personal um you know what 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 might help one client in one week could take another four to six with with another right absolutely absolutely it depends on so many things doesn't it like you say it depends on what's going on for them and also like how much I don't know the frequency of sessions it might depend on like how much people put into doing the work in between sessions there's so many things that play a part so many things so just finally like as a, as a reflector your you know your your signature theme is is surprise and you're designed to feel a sense of surprise when you're aligned um and that's the tool that sort of reminds you that you're on the right track and um yeah to really help you keep moving in that direction maybe that's like um a sense of newness freshness um and I guess like a curiosity that life is always changing and evolving for you um how how do you I'm 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 yeah intrigued to hear how sort of surprise shows up for you when you might have experienced that signature um versus the not self of disappointment um how how has that kind of shown up in your life I think that's probably more when I've like tried certain things or tried different approaches where maybe it's a bit out of the box but actually it kind of you know I went with it and it felt right and then actually it really worked maybe I went with something very intuitive in the moment for a client and then that really helped them um whereas if I'm trying to like fit into this box and be very rigid and follow these certain plans for therapy I feel like it's just not so intuitive and me um so I'd say maybe more in like those kind of moments um yeah that makes sense because I feel like part of the gift of the reflector is to awaken or being able to awaken someone else to their most authentic selves you know being that mirror for people reflecting back what you see um and when they're open to your guidance like I feel like that process can serve as a real sense of surprise and delight for for you the reflector as well so um definitely what's yours Livy so as a projector the signature theme is success and the not self is bitterness so when a projector is aligned you know with their design they're living out 
their design, they'll tend to experience success. Now, obviously, success is varies from person to person and you know how I define success might be different to the next person um but generally it kind of feels like what well, obviously projectors are can like feel um good when they are recognized and invited by other people to share their knowledge um so bitterness is 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 usually a sign that we're not being recognized and we're not being invited or people aren't seeing us and we're giving guidance like unsolicited um and we're initiating as opposed to waiting for recognition um and feeling drained really and under under fueled um because we're sharing um our guidance without being resourced or compensated for it um whereas success is you know is bitterness sometimes people describe as like a you know a sourness in in you know how like a lemon lemon is quite bitter versus success which um for me feels like you know um this is probably quite particular to my design is working less uh achieving or earning more um while remaining efficient you know um not doing all of the doing and noticing when I'm falling into these patterns of um not knowing when enough is enough having an open sacral center and um yeah I guess success is partly as well like for me just like we've been saying in this episode is like self-acceptance you know for who we are and not trying to contort ourselves and trying to fit into a certain um profile or whatever it might be to um to feel a sense of acceptance but radically deciding that you know and and seeing that you are this unique being and and um the more that you align with who you are and who you came to be um the more self-acceptance you have and also I think the more like magnetic you become as well um so yeah it's a different theme it's a different um a different signature and a different sort of signposts um when the energy types are kind of living out their design but um yeah it's uh it's it's interesting to yeah to kind of yeah to compare and to to think about the differences yeah definitely I love that and I think like the word magnetic I think it's so interesting isn't it because I do think like when someone is their true self as hard as it can be at times like it's definitely just like really refreshing and magnetic and I think you feel like I don't know about you but just you can tell when you're around authentic people that you can pick up on it right um and I think that in itself as well allows other people to feel a little bit maybe more comfortable being there themselves too yes yeah so true like you're empowering other people to um yeah kind of embrace who who they are especially I think as you know reflectors are very sensitive to what's working and what's not working in society they they feel whether people are being authentic and you know they they can really see that and are able to reflect that back at people um so yeah I guess one of one of your superpowers in that way and I do think as well both being six lines you know with our six two profiles six lines they are concerned with authenticity because they're here to role model 
and I think that's really important part for us of like you can't they are really here to role model being your most authentic self and so you can't um sort of celebrate your uniqueness without really embodying it and I think sometimes six lines can teach stuff without embodying it and they become more and more magnetic in their business and their brands when they actually embody what they are practicing and teaching and um, they're a kind of walking example of you know what they say they do and how they help people and um yeah just truly being a role model so um i often find six lines like one of their core values their core brand values is authenticity um because they just really deeply care about who you know being who they say that they are and and not sort of wanting to i think it comes back to that thing as well of like not wanting to do things that don't feel right you know like we were talking about within the marketing or whatever it might be however it expresses it's like really important for them to um to role model yeah I love that that totally resonates as well because I think there's so many times where like maybe I've tried certain things in business and I'm because I feel like I have to do it or like that's the way to succeed but I've always felt like I'm kind of pushing and it doesn't feel right when I've done that in the past and I think now just like actually running your business business in a way that feels authentic to you and it can be different maybe to you know some people out there but I think actually trusting that and knowing that it works for you and you're you know you're having an impact and helping people is so 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 good I think I think firstly is to to remember that they're not alone and that they don't have to do everything alone because a lot of people have often done like everything on their own so they feel like actually how can I go and get some support like I've done it all, all of my own up until now so I'm just going to listen to every podcast save all the Instagram posts try all the coping strategies and often people find that it doesn't always help the long term and they kind of just stay a bit stuck so I just think like knowing you're not alone in that it's not weak to go and get some support you can get some support and that actually it's a sign of strength so say that's like a really key thing um I'd say yeah hopefully like if they've listened like recognizing and acknowledging that they are struggling in some way maybe it's high function anxiety maybe it's aspects of it um and then beginning to either with support or like on their own beginning to like understand a bit more about maybe what might trigger anxiety for them um I'd say as well like self-compassion is really key because a lot of people are very self-critical so being compassionate um particularly as you go on the journey to, to kind of finding freedom from high function anxiety um what else I think a key thing I support clients with is like identifying what we call early warning signs. So before you reach that point of burnout or before you enter like adrenal fatigue or some other kind of physical health problem to think about, like what your early warning signs are. So it might be that like you're not sleeping or you're really irritable, you're lashing out or you're like over exercising, under exercising or overeating, under eating, like thinking like for you what your early warning signs are. 
so you don't just kind of keep pushing and ignore the warning signs and then you burn out or something else where your body trying to tell you something I think that yeah there's so there's so many things so many so many things um I think the last like the last thing I'll say is as well I think sometimes it we also have to like be a bit more vulnerable because I think part of it is we're so used to like our whole life just saying yeah I'm fine when people ask how like how are you and I think part of it is like being a bit vulnerable so maybe with someone that you trust and somebody you feel comfortable speaking to it's just saying actually do you know what I'm not okay or I'm feeling a bit anxious I've had a lot going on because I think then you're kind of letting other people in with you know people you trust obviously um and I think that in itself can be a bit of a step instead of like pretending that let everything's fine and you've always got to present this like perfect image all the time yeah so true yeah I think vulnerability sort of like creates connection doesn't it yeah definitely definitely because I think sometimes like what I hear as well and people used to say this to me like if someone thinks you're just like totally perfect and you don't have anything you know nothing going on like nothing wrong in your life or like no challenges you're just this perfect human being like people find it hard to relate to you because they're like how is this person like got everything like so you know going so well in their life and they're just they've got it all like what's going on I think actually it, it helps people connect and relate more yeah so true amazing oh Lorna thanks so much for coming on and sharing all your wisdom with us if people want to hear more about how to work with you where can they find you um and yeah would you share some of those details for us yeah sure thank you for having me on firstly it's been lovely lovely to chat um and yeah people can find me either on instagram so Lorna underscore divine um or my website which is lornadivine.com um and yeah I've got some resources and you can sign up to my newsletter on there too amazing cool we'll link it in the show notes thank you so much again it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on and yeah I really enjoyed the conversation thank you you too Libby